You're listening to So Much Pingle, the podcast about herpetology, field herping, and anything and everything about amphibians and reptiles. Join us each week as Mike and his guests explore the amazing world of herps across our planet. And now, bringing a half century of experience and perspective to the microphone, here's your host, Mike Pingleton. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the show. Mike Pingleton here, and I am your host for these proceedings. Here we go with episode 67, and I hope you all remain safe and healthy out there. I'm going to roll right quick into this episode, but as always, I want to thank all of the show's patrons. I remain grateful for your support, and you really do keep the show moving forward. And if you're out there listening and you would like to kick in a few bucks, it's easy to do, and you can support the show for as little as $3 a month. And you can do that via Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash so much pingle and so much pingle is all one word. And you can also make a one-time contribution via PayPal or Venmo. Just drop me an email at so much pingle at gmail.com for more details. Okay, so many of you have heard my interview with Nick Bergmeier about his work with Hellbenders in Indiana. And that was uh, episode eight, way back in season one. And and I didn't just pull Nick's name out of a hat for that interview. Uh, I had the privilege of helping out with Hellbender surveys as far back as 2007, uh, along with my buddies Don Becker and Greg Stevenson. Little did I know, or little did we know, that all of the preliminary work would lead to the current Hellbender raise and release project that's going on in Indiana. And to provide just a little more detail... Uh, these are young ab- adult hellbenders that are being released, and they are raised from eggs collected in the wild in Kentucky and Ohio. Uh, and this is necessary because Indiana hellbenders are in a lot of trouble. Uh, the state has a small population of adult hellbenders, and if there are any eggs being produced, they haven't been located. And if they were located, there's not enough of them to uh, be used in a project such as this. So thankfully, these days, there's a lot of cooperation between various agencies and states that have hellbenders. So there's a lot of dedicated work to keep these awesome creatures in as many river systems as possible. So when Nick invited me and Greg and Don and some others to come down and witness a release a few weeks ago, I didn't just feel honored by the privilege. It, it also felt like closing the circle on a long-term project. And so I thought at first that I would just record an update to the project, you know, I mean, something I could just drop in into any episode, uh, but I ended up recording several hours of material, which I have pared down quite a bit for the final product. Uh, so this show was recorded in the field, and since I knew we would be spending time uh, in the water, I didn't use my standard field rig, you know, that way if I fell and went under under the water, uh, you know, I could, could still record future shows without any trouble. So I captured everything on my Zoom HN4 recorder, which is now my backup recorder these days. And I use the unit's built-in omnidirectional microphone. And as a result, I captured everything. You know, the water noises, the buckets, lots of banter and yakking, and sometimes multiple conversations happening in parallel. But I was able to record the event as it happened. And there's a lot of running commentary from Nick and others that helped to set the scene. And, you know, all the banter, well, you know, that's just a lot of happy people taking part in a a joyous event. And as I said before, I left a lot of material on the cutting room floor and I was able to remove most of the expletives, uh, but there's just a few minor ones that were left embedded, so almost a clean show. So just to set things up, Nick and his crew and uh, us witnesses, we all met at a pre-arranged spot near the release site. 
And the episode opens with Nick providing an overview while Shelby Roberts is wedged in the back of the Hellbender wagon, which is a big truck, uh, where she's transferring the benders from transport tanks into plastic buckets, which will then be carried down to the river. So let's take it from there. Okay. Well, this was That's 15 years ago. Yeah. I'm sorry, you got it on your arm. Okay. okay, I don't get it either. <laughs> okay. It was... We, we, we got to come help him catch the ones. To what? That's cool. the yeah. You know what cures it though? Uh, yeah. Are they black and the clear? One time I was allowed to go under a rock because I was normally the lifter guy. <laughs> yeah. This cures. And so I, I got it. Sure. I put it into a net. Like came up. Oh, yeah. I went back, and they all knew exactly what, what had happened. And so we just started oh. walking around for it. I'm gonna get my spiel. Oh, okay. Spiel time. All right. I think everybody's here. That's a really ratty look. All right. Well, thanks everyone for coming. This is our fifth year of releases. We started this in. 2017. Um, this site where you guys are about to go down to, this is our this is our primary release site. This is the site we say is probably the nicest site in the river. Uh, when we we first found this site back in 2007, and we surveyed it a couple of years, and we found a fairly large number of of wild adults here. Uh, I mean, throughout the site, we found I think we have probably close to 20 tagged at this point, which is good for Indiana. That's not great for other places. Um, but this is also the site we use for our, our experimental releases. So, you know, the DNR has us attempting to repopulate the river, but one of the things we don't want to do is just keep throwing hellbenders out. And you guys are familiar with lots of herp studies. You, you release herps, they get eaten or they die for some reason. So we're trying to maximize the survival of these things. Um, and so we do that. Uh, back in, we had a grad student, you know, at this point, eight or nine years ago, and she was looking at condition, captive conditioning for these things. So she was looking at things like raising them in like high flow systems similar to a stream versus just standard aquaria, which is what other people do. She looked at exposing them to bass predators um, versus not. See how that would uh, see how that would go. She looked at actually rearing them in river water versus standard. And basically, all of those experiments in the lab showed. Uh, positive results. The ones that were raised in flow when they were challenged with, with you know, simulated floods, they were able to move upstream better. They kind of knew what to do versus the other ones where they just freaked out and you had to kind of poke them to get them to go upstream. So they learned by they, their experience. They seemed to learn through their experience. Um, the ones that were exposed to bass, uh, they did what you wanted them to do when they were with the ones that were raised exposed to bass chemical cues. When you expose them in an oxygen chamber to those chemical cues, they did what you wanted them to do. They stopped moving around. They weren't super stressed. Like they didn't, they didn't exhibit those that increased oxygen intake um, or any of the hormones. Whereas the control animals, they started swimming around and, and freaked out. And you're like, well, you're going to get eaten. Um, <laughs> and then the, the ones that were reared in the, uh, in the uh, actual river water, they just showed, I mean, what you would expect. The, the microbiota was much more similar on the skin versus the, the ones that, you know, were raised in a sterile conditions. And, and the assumption there is that, you know, hopefully they'll be more, they'll be more uh, uh, better acclimated to any potential diseases they would be exposed to. Now, these animals, uh, at this point, we, we release, all of our animals we release are raised in flow. Um, you know, we already did. We've already done the stats on the comparison of wild animals that are released animals that were control animals versus the flow animals. 
and the flow animals survived much better. Um, they also had better sight retention, so they didn't move around, they didn't disperse as much. So pretty much all our animals now are raised in basically fake streams. Um, so, so that's kind of the thing we've moved towards. We're currently evaluating if the, the bash treatment is, is successful, if that, if that helps them survive a little bit better. Um, we do a soft release. So Don was, I think Don was asking me about this earlier. Um, well, because we were very confused as to exactly what was going on. Yeah, so, so there's sort of two releases. This release is, we'll go down there and what you'll see is you'll see this big white cage in the river. Uh, and that cage, and you guys can all stick your face down there and see what we're talking about. That white cage is temporary, but it sits over top of a permanent cage that is full of like six or seven inch limestone riprap. And so we, we put them in that temporary cage. They can burrow down into the, the, the cobble bed is what we call them. They burrow down in there and we close that temporary cage and they sit in there for about three days. Uh, we'll, we'll, on Friday, we'll come back out and we'll actually take that temporary cage off. And then they're free to go about the business, go about their business. So today it's sort of a, a temporary. It's, but you said Friday, they're kind of just buried down. So yeah, so down. so we, we bring people to this release because when you take that top off, you don't really see the animals. I mean, you might occasionally get one animal that's sitting on the edge of the cobble bed and you can see it, but but usually you just don't see much. You just lift that temporary cage off and you leave. Uh, so we, we let people go down there and they actually release the animals into the cage and, and, you know, can play around and you can see them crawling around down in there. So that's why we bring people to this one. But it is that, that stepwise process. So this release, it'll give them a few days to get acclimated to the, the conditions before we, we take that big cage off and hope that they, uh, they survive. Right. Um, any questions? Do you have any of these pit tagged? Are they all uh, they're all pit tag. We don't have any of these transmitted. Okay. So this is this is not an experimental release. We uh, we had one we had an experimental release last year for the bass, um, and then we don't have another. We actually don't have any more experimental releases lined up. When you talk about bass exposure, do you actually have bass in the tank with them? Or? Uh, so what we do with the or bass... Or do you have like a, a, a bass puppet or something like that? Like so with the, with the bass, we have a, a top row of aquaria that are full of either bass or empty. On the bottom, we have tanks full of hellbenders, and the bottom tanks are receiving outflow from the top tanks, and we feed the bass uh, tiger, tiger, ambistomatid salamander larvae. And so presumably those alarm cue from the salamanders and the bass are flowing down into our hellbenders and they're associating those things. And then after that period of, how many months did we do that? Uh, six months. So that was a six month process. Um, after that, we then let them sit for a little while and then we put them in oxygen tank, cha oxygen chambers uh, and we will put a little bass cue in there with them and that's where we can see how they react to that. And that, that's where the ones that were raised under the bass, they're like, okay, I, mean, I know what this is, I need to sit, I need to stay put. Uh, and then the ones that weren't, they're just like, hey, let's swim around, this is weird, let's, this is different, let's... Yeah, so, you guys collaborated with the guys in Missouri for a little while, at least, didn't you? Or uh, I mean, we we it's you talk, you exchange notes. Yeah, we exchange. Weren't they doing the same? Were they had to like tra uh, train their hellbenders to run away from trout that were being stocked into yeah. the rivers and stuff? Yeah, yeah that, like they, they didn't did know that, to flee from them. They did that a long time ago. And, I, I yeah, think and I they think they had <laughs> they had cues for the native trout, but yeah. the the introduced trout were different, so yeah. they didn't have. The, the correct cues for those. Yeah, so they had to like raise them and train them to run away from them or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Crazy. Are you hot? Or are you telling him to get it going? No, it's, oh. it is very this hot. This is a soft release. Do you do a hard release where you just let him go? No, no. So you only eat. Yeah, we we yeah. did off the back of the truck. Yep. Yeah. We were just dump them right here. Always kind of. I mean, we know what the hard release numbers are from some of the other studies, and so we've always done soft releases. We've compared different types of soft releases, like we've done this type of soft release versus just like a stacking a few rocks on the river bottom and putting cages over those. Uh, and these cobble beds really seem to take up the, especially the site retention. So, so who invented the cobble bed process? I think I've asked you this before, but I don't remember the answer. <laughs> I think that was my boss. I think that was Rod. Okay. Um, I don't have a, I don't know for sure, but I, I'm, we're the only ones that do it. And I think he, it was his idea. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Unless it was one of his grad students and I, I don't remember, but I'm the one that started installing them. So I'm the first one to put them out, but I'm not the one that invented them. Okay. Is your survival rate to Friday really good, or do you come back and there are some that are... Uh, we've only ever had one that we're aware of die in a cage. Okay. And nice. it died pretty quick. Um, nice. That was just last year we found one. Um, the second day, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, the survival... And, and I mean, as far as staying in the cage... Okay, so they, if hellbenders are good at escaping, they can get out if they want to, really. But we've only ever actually had a couple of transmitted ones find their way out. Most of them stay in the cage. Any more questions? What's the buckets of water? What is, what is uh, that? those? That's actual river water. We just last year when we were doing this, we pumped the water from these these coolers in here and tear the hellbenders down. But we actually ran out of water last year, so we had to start getting river water. So these oh, are just back up. That's okay. That's to add there. volume to the carry that's buckets. How many are we doing? Uh, six buckets. Uh, Forty-one hellbenders. Forty-one. Nice. Yeah, I'm sure you wanted another number of buckets. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, that well, means I don't got to carry one. There's six more buckets. Than, yeah. All right. But six in, buckets, in the so. interest of not cooking Shelby, um, <laughs> yeah. we're going to start doing this. You guys can just... It was just smelling like the meat was starting to actually, you know, caramelize yeah. those. Yeah, how so. do they taste? <laughs> not lasagna. Well, let me tell you. Yes. He licked one. Yeah. All right. You guys can just mill about, do whatever you want. This is private property. Feel free so to, do whatever feel free to want, chat but. amongst yourselves. <laughs> hey, did Marcy find my goggles? I did find your goggles. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Thanks. So now, now what do you do? You just net, net some benders in there? I knew to grab like around the neck. I like pinch the hind, the front legs, around and I just came up screaming. And then there's different sizes of me on the side of the hellbender, and then we also feed bloodworms. Okay. Bloodworms. What do you expect they'll be feeding on? Nick. How big? Uh, I mean, these guys are these. This is a very small batch of hellbenders. This is the youngest we've ever released them, uh, and this particular group is just small in general. Um, so they're not very big. They'll probably be eating some combination of small crayfish. Get up here, Jeff. And, yeah. Anybody up. that wants to get up here and take a quick look. I mean, you'll get to release them. I mean, you'll yeah. actually get to go down there and release them, but if you want to see them before they go in the buckets. And this is Thank you so much. Here, so. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just awesome. Thank you. Get on there. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. Okay. You see them? Yes. Okay. You said seven per bucket? Seven. I think the last bucket will be six, but okay. 41, right? I'll tell you that one is the lightest. Yeah. Save you. And they're, they're clearly not like larval stages when they're mature. No, these they're, are these are three and right. 
three quarters, but they are small. Um, they're probably about 25% smaller than they should be. Yeah. Any idea why? No. Nick got jealous of them growing fast. Uh, maybe, I mean, they're doing, they're doing a study to compare the different rearing conditions and maybe it's that, but this group just seems very small in general. These don't all come from, oh, I didn't mention this. So all our hellbenders pretty much don't come from Indiana at this point. Uh, we collect eggs in Kentucky and Ohio and rear them in Indiana. And then we get to keep all the Ohio ones. We give some percentage back to Kentucky. Uh, but actually, you know, this is probably a bigger deal than I realized because these are the first non-Indiana animals we've released. <laughs> Yeah, these oh, really? are Kentucky. Yeah, this is this is the species. this is the first time we haven't released Indiana hellbenders. So we did we did a whole trip down the river so trying to get something some sites for it, and then we struck out at every single. Site. Uh, that is a combination of diversity and the fact that we just don't find nests in Indiana. Well, so sure. if, if we were so necessity dictates. Yeah, if we if we were if we were relying on Indiana oh, nests, this wouldn't be a project. Do I need an actual bucket? Do you need an aerator? Is that what you're saying? That one needs an aerator, yes. This one does. What is it like? Are they just like tablets or? Other one. Yeah. Red lid. Here, I'll Yes, but my batteries are in the purse, so I don't know. Okay, so you have battery power aerators for the hike down to the river. Correct. Aerators. Okay, so. I need an empty bucket. Probably for minnows. Yeah, uh, I have six. Yeah, so I just have to bring one just in case one didn't work. It takes a little while because you've got to fill each bucket halfway up. Yeah, about a third of the way or so. Okay. And what, what's your name? I'm Shelby. Uh, you, you have like the hardest job of all because you're you're in the, the back of the hot truck in an uncomfortable position and you're uh, so, so catching. This is Shelby, by the way. She's our Hellbender husbandry coordinator. She takes care of all the Hellbenders. Uh, this is so Summer. You've been she's, raising these guys she's their whole life. And Maddie, she's also another tech, although she's our outreach and education type tech. Okay. What was the question? So are these your babies from Instagram. the start to yes. now? So this is exciting for you, I'm sure. It is very, yes. <laughs> you doing all right in there? Yeah. This board moved. Yeah. Like, I'm so, I'm smitten. I'm glad the dog's aren't here. I know. We were. Did you see them? Yeah, they were cute, but annoying. There were three dogs with us this morning. We had set to set up the site before you in the morning, and uh, there were three dogs helping us out, which really just resulted in he literally had to hold the dogs back so I could do the work because the one just really wanted to be on top of everything, and that doesn't work. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of dogs in the field, period, for that reason. Sometimes they spook animals, sometimes they just get in the way, sometimes they trip you because you're sometimes they try to eat your. Study animal. Sometimes they eat your lunch. I've had that happen too. Uh, I had a coworker bring his dog to mist netting one time, and it, one of them almost ate a bat. Like, almost oh grabbed it out of a net. Seven. Seven? 
Okay, where's the other air raid? So how long have you guys been working with the whole bank? I've been here a little over a year. Okay. How long have you been, been here? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's probably is this really rewarding for you then? It is. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun work. I like These are actually part of my research set. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay. Extra exciting this year. Sure. Sometimes you just gotta give it tough love. <laughs> I work what in is, IT. What we is call your, that a concussive? What is your research? Mike, Mike so, can you give me that bucket behind you? <laughs> here you go. Basically, we had different densities. Um, so we had like 22 hellbenders in a tank, 15, and then nine. And we're trying to see if the density impacts their growth in like a research setting. Yeah. Uh -huh. Because the only thing that we know is one zero said that like eight is the prime number to have them in. Like that's the best growth condition, but there's mm -hmm. no like research behind it that specifically shows that. So you don't know if they're just throwing numbers yeah, exactly. out. Yeah, <laughs> So yeah, our goal is to see like which one shows the best growth. So you just measure growth or do you measure so any other physiological? Weight. So not physiological, but basically we just looked at their weight and their length. Okay. Um, so this was actually we just took our last measurements last week. So I'll do the analysis here soon to see what we Oh, so you're pretty excited to see what happens. <laughs> you probably have some ideas, but you're probably yeah. So we did like a like analysis like halfway through basically because I did a like a presentation over it just kind of like seeing what we saw so far. You're seeing differences in their lengths, but not in their weights. Um, so that could have been because uh, we were only like three months in, I think, when I did the analysis. Um, we it's okay. been like seven months now, so there may be a difference, there may not be. But Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how if things evened out or yeah, what happened. Yeah, exactly. Okay, wow. Very cool. I get little lumps at first from mosquito bites, but like I don't. I usually like get like massive. So I mean, we're not going that far, but the the aeration is necessary. I mean, I don't know if it's necessary. It's just precautionary. Precautionary. Whether you think you are, I'm not going to feel responsible for this. Uh, we should have had them all. Hey Greg, what'd you do with those lids? Uh, he gave, gave me that three, which is what I gave to you. So okay. that's three reduced here. Oh, okay. We're just... Oh, we're on the... Well, we're good. We're good, Summer. Thanks. Oh, there are some. Yeah. Uh, there we go. The ice bag with stuff on it. <laughs> oh, you keep them cold? Uh, I'm for the, I mean, they're coming from three and a half hours away, so they keep ice in the in the sump just to make sure it stays. Do you guys cool. ever think of moving the lab closer? <laughs> no, I'd be out of a job then. Uh, Louisville Zoo is t potentially getting on board with us, so those would be much closer. We're not even the farthest away though, because Fort Wayne, we have animals at Fort Wayne. I mean, they can really? Down. It's a long. Yeah, we have. So the water is coming from that ice chest, but the hellbenders are coming from this ice chest and that ice chest. Yeah, so okay. we got. Uh, it, so the hellbenders are in here, and okay. then this is like acts as a sump so that it's extra water. So it pumps the okay. water yeah. into the other. And it goes through the chiller, keeps them cold. Okay. So that's an actual chiller. I think I saw this on Breaking Bad. So. <laughs> did you build these, Nick, or did uh, I did not build them, but. You didn't, you didn't spec these out? So no, no. I'm. These were here when I got here. Are these baffles that you yeah. just took out of there? How about that? I knew what, what that was. So, uh, keep our hellbenders from jostling around too I was much. not baffled by what those were. There's four in there. Hey, little buddy. I'm going to have to make this. <laughs>
Zach, you know, I think there's enough people here. We could probably convince them to help us carry our stuff. Is that your camera? Oh, it's probably the same This? Yeah. Oh, this is a five. Oh, okay. Maybe a little. Yeah. What did I see you at? I thought you... We all went perfect. Last summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I know that guy. Man, you're good. Shelby, is it still pumping? It's just because it's... kept me up till 3 o'clock in the morning. That's cool. Thank you. I say you want that on the other side, right? Yeah. Maybe you should leave the aerators to me, Nick. I'm kind of an expert. See, look. Catch. So why did you guys choose this site? Ten minutes, just because suitability of habitat, or is it part of make it remote so other people can't get there, or just? No, uh, we so back in 2007, we kayaked 110 kilometers of this river and characterized all the What's habitat in, in the river. That's like 70 some miles. Oh, cheeseburgers. But uh we characterized all the habitat and we saved 13 cheeseburgers. This just happened to be one of the sites that we picked and then we went back and surveyed a lot of them and this one turned out to be the best one. So Sure. Let me show you if this is done. I'll, I'll go ahead and keep this, okay? Last time oh, they got the uh each other fight, anything like that. Not like on a normal basis, but every once in a while we beat. Really wiggling around in that. Fucking. You guys got a legless individual individual last week. Said you guys have one that lost a leg last week. Yeah, I was going through my tanks taking pictures, and my second tanking, we found one that had a leg missing. And so male, males will get pretty rowdy with each other during breeding. We don't really know which ones are male and female, so yeah. it's hard to say that. The, we also don't breed. So. I mean, once once they get uh, about three and a half to four and a half years old, they will start getting a little, sometimes they just get a little grabby. Yeah. How fresh was the wound? I mean, it was like recently removed? Yeah. How quick did it heal? Yeah, I mean, it's not healed yet. This is, oh, okay. it was real fresh. I mean, the bone was sticking out. I wasn't sure how quick they do heal up. They do heal fairly well, especially if they're treated. <laughs> we're, we're should be, it should be everybody. That's everybody. You want to give it one last? I'm going to, yeah. I got, I got this, Nick. <laughs> All right, so we got our six buckets. So who, who wants to carry buckets? Who wants to carry the? Uh, I can take two of them. Uh, no, I'll carry buckets. This this is just one of the coolest things. So I'm going to subcontract. Who's going to carry my bucket? You want the heavy one? So can you guys help us carry some extra stuff? We're camping down here for three nights, so yeah, yeah. we got extra gear to carry. John, you're going through double dipping? Yeah, I can get you. Summer, right. come grab these nuts. camping gear to be carried Is it backpacks or anything? All right, bucket people. Yeah, what have we got? Hey, bucket people. Bucket people. We're a bucket Show brigade. me your buckets. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think he sprung a leak. Sitting down the trail. 
Oh, he said, hold on. He yeah. needs help with gear, but I don't know what. You know, he abandoned me. It's the important one. The keys are in the wet bag. Make the keys are in the wet bag. Make sure my earplugs are in there. I'm going to have to go find some. That really worked out well. Yeah, right? Come on. All right, guys, at some point you will get ticks. These are the lint rollers for ticks if you like them. They're itty bitty babies, like little seed ticks. Ground them when I get to the river. Shouldn't kill them? No, they kill them. Only raccoon kill them. Only raccoon. Oh, they kill raccoons. They'll be on the hike. Oh, I've had plenty. They're just really hard to see. They look like Every time I get bit by a lone star tick, I get sick that night. I love the word. So at, at the moment, I'm talking with Marcy Bergmeier, Nick Bergmeier's wife, and you are a school teacher? Yes, fourth grade. Fourth grade. And, uh, how many of these Hellbender releases have you come on? This is my third Hellbender release. I've pretty much had s'mores at every one of the sites, but <laughs> this is the third one I've walked through. Are you saying there'll be s'mores tonight at the, camp, <laughs> at the campground? I think I'm saying that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. That'll keep you coming back. So. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you find all this pretty interesting, too, even though this is not your, your vocation. Oh, absolutely. It's so much more interesting to talk about my husband's job than talk about mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but... but uh, I assume you've had Nick come in and talk to your, your students, son? Ah, uh, yes. Nature Nick is a hero in my classroom. Nature Nick. Nature Nick. They love awesome. him. We talk about him from day one, and then at the end of the year, he comes in, and uh, it's like he's a celebrity. Awesome, because you've done the build-up ahead of time. Oh, yes. So much build-up. <laughs> very good. Very good. So this is exciting, exciting, exciting thing to do. It is very exciting. Everybody seems to enjoy it. I enjoy it. And the ticks are the worst part, but other than that, um, getting one of those slimy little creatures in your hand is um, exhilarating and gross at the same time. Yes, yes, indeed. So uh, in terms of uh, your school teacher, but you're interested in the sciences, but this is uh, when you when you have time off and you can drag Nick around, what do you guys like to do? We like to do a lot of hiking. Um, we love to vacation at different places. Um, we, I mean, run often. Uh, we got a new dog recently. Oh, yeah. So we've yeah. been training our dog a lot lately. But uh, we're pretty much, uh, he's kind of a homebody and I'm kind of a get out of the house kind of person. So we balance each other out. Yeah, yeah. And he's a quiet guy and you're a more ebullient. That's uh, absolutely. The best word. <laughs> Total opposites. Yeah. It works. Yeah. <laughs> and you like to travel. Have you traveled anywhere cool recently? Or? Yeah. Well, he and I went to the Virgin Islands as our last trip. Um, yeah. We do a, an anniversary trip every year yeah. um, to celebrate that. And so uh, I... Uh, went to Italy recently while he went to Peru. Oh, That's yeah. also a good sign of, you know, or um, like we just vacation together, but also vacation separately too. <laughs> it keeps things interesting. Yeah, that's um, kind of important to have uh, have your own interests and yeah. and uh, you know that way uh, you can you can both grow your own way. There weren't enough herps in Italy for him to come. <laughs> okay. <laughs> His words, not mine. <laughs> okay. Hmm. I'd like to prove him wrong on that someday, but. Uh, <laughs> herps to the places I was going. Okay. The okay. Coliseum didn't have enough herps oh. in it. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I get that. I get that. So did you go by yourself or did you go with a friend? Or? Oh, I went with a friend, a, a teacher friend of mine. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. 
Any any trips planned for the future? Um, we Husband are, or otherwise? We are currently looking into a trip where we hike to the bottom of Everest, to the base camp, oh. um, which would be fantastic. We just got to make it work with his helping to releases and okay. school. I would have to take a good chunk of school off, which has always hmm. been a little bit hard for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's the next hopeful trip. Wow. Yeah. Don't tell Nick this, but there's not a lot of herps there. <laughs> Just keep quiet about that till you get there. I won't tell him, I promise. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for talking with no, me. Marcy. No problem. Appreciate it. Good to finally meet you, too. It was awesome to meet All you. Right. Okay. So we're making our way to the release cage. Walk along the bank in the water. We've got one bucket of hellbenders with us. Do you need a hug or anything? <laughs> so, how this is going to work is uh, I'll get down in the water. Here's Zach will get down in the water. Uh, right above the cage, there's zippers in the top of this cage. Uh, Shelby or Summer will hold the bucket and dip out some Hellbender or dip out a Hellbender and you guys can actually take the Hellbender and put it in the cage. Uh, keep your hand over the net to make sure the Hellbender doesn't come flying out. That's what Zach and I are for to catch any uh, escaped Hellbenders which actually reminds me. Does anybody have an extra? Can we bring an extra net? I have two. Okay good. So we'll <laughs> we are those. prepared. Um, and I mean we have 41 Hellbenders so don't be shy about releasing Hellbenders today. Um, so those, you have zippers in the top of it? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. yeah Is yeah. that what those two black, or those uh, three black? Yeah, there's a zipper right in the middle, and then there's a zipper on each corner. That just kind of lets them access every part of the cage. Oh, there they are. Okay. Um, can you, like, as they're getting released, I mean, if you, with the mask, can you peek down and look through the zipper and see what yeah. You got a mask? I don't. I'll just double check with him, too, so. Take uh, six people who want to release Hellbender. I'm not sure. I do. Well, I see five people right up front, so send somebody else and... Oh, okay. I mean, our group is so small, that almost doesn't matter. Normally, we have much bigger groups, so yeah. there's re requires a little bit of... Zach, tell me when you're good. Marcy! So, Nick, you, you go underwater, and you're... What are you doing there? I basically, we'll just stay there and help you direct the net into the actual hole. Oh. People somehow seem to miss the hole a lot, and I need to... need to help out. So, this site continues so i mean you can see the ripples all the way down there and it continues probably another 200 to 250 meters beyond that so this is a big site it starts just that next ripple up but it's pretty much just this just big boulders and plus lots of cobble and gravel and uh, bedrock crevices everywhere um i mean we have Several of our radio track help. One under Don, a couple more in between. Don, get off that hellbender. <laughs> we have bonded. You good? Okay. Yeah. We are soulmates now. On escapee duty. Already. <laughs> Ready? I mean, to be honest, I'm kind of hoping it knows Who wants to go first? Go ahead, Greg. You're up there. Sure? Yeah. So keep your hand covered. Yep. <laughs> I love the Darth Vader effect there with the yeah. snorkels. Now, Nick, say no, Luke. I am your father. Uh, oh, that guy took off. He's he's way under there. He went right down. 
<laughs> okay. So the goal here is just to make sure that they all go in there with no no problems and and uh, mishaps. This is actually kind of a tricky thing to do. You've got the river current. Yeah. Um, you've got people underwater, submerged, during, you know, to, to make sure it goes well. And then, if you want uh, to watch it go out, you put your goggles down. I don't trust that. I'll just throw it behind you in the weeds. It's in a case. That's what I pay for the case for. <laughs> All right, John. John Burris, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. Release the, release the Kraken. <laughs> Can you hold my phone, please? Yes. Thank you so much. All right, Justin. You can get wet, but I just. You're up. All right. All right. <laughs> you coming for that hug? Sorry, <laughs> hell. <laughs> I didn't mean to fall. <laughs> wow. Man, that's the first hellbender cannonball I've seen. My camera's still upright. I was a little excited, but that was too much. Well, I gotta, I gotta, if I'm gonna do it, I've gotta take the recorder back to the shore. You want me to hold it for you, Mike? Sure. If I could walk through here without busting my ass. Yeah, sorry. You're now the sound engineer. For the frog splash. I can hold it in a direction. Yeah, I actually landed right in the hole. I'll give you a co producer credit on the show. Can I toss him you my watch? Absolutely. Uh, Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. Mike's coming. It hurt. It's strong. I didn't expect it to be that strong. Right <laughs> it's strong. I love this river. I went under. Can you film me, Mike? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. If you can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right, cool. I have a. Look. How many left of that bucket? Uh, two. Is that a bucket? It'd be the biggest, strongest hell better you got. <laughs> uh, Greg, could you grab another bucket? Well, he just, uh, he yeah. yeah got, we got it. You, oh, you got it? Okay. Hand over the net. Hand over the net. Got it. Step up. Don't let her baby go. Yeah. Just face plant. It. It'll work. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. All right. He didn't want to go. <laughs> no, he, was, he liked the bat. I think he liked me. Feels good, don't it? Like I said, I literally All right, he's going. Hand. I'm set. Every success. Thank you, Greg. So that was cool. That was really cool. But mine didn't want to. He didn't want to come out of the net. <laughs> mine shot out. Yeah, it shot out right into the right into down, the rocks. Right down. Yeah. I didn't even get to see it. I had to have a, an assist from Nick to get the... His head was jammed in the corner of the net, yeah. so Nick had to kind of push him down in. So, But it was cool. Yeah. So forced. Cool. I don't know if I can... I might be able to film that with my underwater camera. I might have to give it a shot. Yeah. See if I can do that. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go back out there and put my head in here in a minute. I'm going to try and watch one. Yeah, Mike, how old will they live through life expectancy? About 30 years. Oh, really? Ohio, that's 42 years old right now. Oh, so. but that's captive. Yeah. yeah. I identify as a hell bender. I do not like to be in the sun very long. <laughs> <laughs> I got two more, so if you want to walk over there, that'd be great. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Ye
Don't be shy, just keep going. <laughs> Ready for another bucket? Go ahead and start bringing it this way. That's such a privilege, thank you. Kind of an emotional yeah. moment. I, mean, I, I did get misty eyes. <laughs> it's been many years coming. Just holler when you get down to a couple and I'll bring and start another bucket. No, nah, I'm going to keep my uniform dry. Okay, I tried to get it in front of your camera. I tried to do a release right in front of him. I think it was okay. I appreciate it. Just an excitable boy. Oh, it's Marcy's turn. All right. Marcy gets a big one. All right, here we go. And here's the husband and wife team attempting their first joint no bender release. I'm not participating in this anything. Me. <laughs> you don't have to participate. You have to be there. <laughs> Why do I hang out with you guys? Could you could you fist bump him for the camera? That would be good. Ready? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. For the camera. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good sport, husband. At this point, he's had to learn. He just has to go with it. <laughs> Mike, you might have. If you remember, I told you we weren't. We were sort of opposite. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're a workhorse. All right. Well done, John. I feel lucky that he let me come to like this release with you all because he won't let me come to the politician one. <laughs> I don't get to oh. either. <laughs> Something about like not having a filter or. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I feel well, like we're a club. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the politicians tried to come and do some of this. There in the next couple of weeks, there are some politicians that might be coming to some That's releases. Cool. Well, that's good though. That's it. it that's all necessary and right. Every one of them individually, if no one else steps up. People uh coming -huh. will send me a picture of me doing one because my phone's over there. I got pictures and I think I got a video of you doing one as well. That's it. How many? All right, one more. Last one. What's the last one? Again, I'll get in there if no one else wants to. Mike, get in there. Get in there, Mike. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're good. Alright, we're going to the ability. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Good job, you guys. Thank you, it's awesome. Thank you, buddy. Yep. I'll put it online, you guys can see it. Oh, yeah. That one was a video. I don't know if I oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. That was good. Three pictures of the time before. So. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So, Nick, Nick, all the hellbenders have been released into this soft, the soft release into the cage. The zippers are closed, and now what happens? Now, Zach and I will camp down here and make sure nobody messes with the cage until Friday, and then we will take the, the temporary cage off. Are you prepared to defend the cage with martial arts? Or do you have firearms or zip guns? or? We, we throw rocks. We throw rocks? Okay. Okay, so just make sure nothing happens, and then hey, what happens to tomorrow, then? Tomorrow, we will literally sit in chairs over there and yeah, stare at this cage. <laughs> All day? Until Friday. Wait a minute, what? Yeah. Our job for the next, until Friday, is to sit in lawn chairs and stare at that cage until Friday. That's like the worst TV ever. <laughs> you get a lot of reading done. Okay. You guys bring like some cards or something? A lot of books. Uh, we're actually, so this time, um, 
this is a little bit different this year. The state herpetologist and one of his techs are coming down, and the two of us and the, and the state herpetologist are going to do larval surveys downstream a little ways, and the, the tech is actually going to watch the cage while we do larval surveys. Normally, it's normally we're not doubling up on work. This year, we're doubling up. Making hay while the sun shines here. Okay. Very cool. So, larva surveys is just you guys snorkeling. Um, Looking for larvae? Is it? Yeah, we snorkel along. Can we do that right now? We snorkel along the bottom and we flip rocks about this size. Oh, you do lift rocks? Uh, just the little, just the small, small ones. Small rocks. So we just flip them over and we, we lift them. We don't. We never flip them. We lift oh, them, yes. right? We we, we lift, lift them, them gently. Gently. Okay. Okay. Survey. You're not on camera. We couldn't see the size of the rock you were pointing to. <laughs> oh. It's uh, about the size of Don's brain, so it's not a very big rock at all. <laughs> about two to eight inch rocks yeah, that's or so. About the size, right? <laughs> okay, yeah. So you're just looking under and see if there's anything, anybody home there, and then yeah. and you just go upstream and just kind of float down. No, uh, we go look. downstream, upstream. So what? We, we're crawling oh. against the current. Oh. That way you're not mudding up. When you lift a rock, ah. do you lift it yeah. up against the stream, uh, or do you rocks, let the stream run under it? When the rocks are that small, we usually it just doesn't matter. Pick them up. How what? Like right now, these three hellbenders are pretty much here. Yeah. Like, how far will they sometimes move up and down from a, a, a central location? So just how? Uh, I mean, most. Like you of, come track, and what days make you go? And then you're, <laughs> we we released uh, 42 hellbenders with radio transmitters last year. Um, we have uh, probably 75 to 80 percent of them are between here and about three or 400 meters downstream. We have two that went like half uh, a full kilometer upstream uh, and three that went about a kilometer or so downstream are there any seasonal movements though like once they're, once they're established under this rock will they ever like go a couple hundred yards downstream and then come back up or do they just kind of hang in an area the uh, we know that the adults will move and come back uh, we the transmitters and the small ones are too small to really get that picture but is it seasonal like in the winter do they, do they just kind of sit put stay put and then move in the summer or is it opposite or something like that or uh with the adults um i had eight sites with transmitters about 21 hellbenders almost all of those hellbenders just stayed in the same spot all year round except for one site where for some reason they all left the sites about 100 or 200 meters over winter and then came back and when it warmed oh. up, I have no idea why. How uh, how varied is your time of day for tracking? So, like we've we've we, always wondered if like we always track our turtles at nine a.m. and maybe they're just always sitting in one spot at nine a.m. We're, the, they might we're the same way. Okay. We pretty much track on a consistent schedule. Um, so you keep uh, track of effort. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, you tracked at night, didn't you? Come out and track at night one time, or you did something? I thought you did something at night. I did track. Oh. Okay. Um, we tracked we tracked some track of our adults at night, and they really didn't do much different either. Okay. <laughs> they, uh, we were hoping, like, oh, we'll come out at night. And we spent the whole night out there until about 6 in the morning, and we're hoping, like, oh, we'll see him moving around. We had one that moved from, like, me to you, and then an hour later he was back into the same rock. We detected no other movements. He probably uh, went out to take a pee or something and came back, <laughs> as one does in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I still remember the first things, the first thing that Nick said to me the first time we met. He said, you scared my owl away. Oh, no, we're, we're sitting there, we're sitting there, he's calling this owl and it's coming close. And next to me, I'm like, who oh, is this asshole? Like, that's, I think, what we were all saying. And then you get out, like, 
Oh, it's Mike. <laughs> That's when we first met you. Yeah. Scared my owl away. You scared I my owl away. I worked away. hard on that owl. Yeah. Nice to yeah. meet you. You scared my owl away. God forbid, you know, in 100 no, years from now, like, Mike will pass and at his eulogy, Nick's going to go, wow. you scared my owl away. <laughs> it's confident. <laughs> Don't fall, Marcy. I'm working Did you say 100 years from now? He did. We have medical advances and stuff uh, now. Oh, I yeah. And you're a stubborn bastard. You just yeah. <laughs> No, no. Pretty close. He's doing Yeah, I, I did fall down, but I only fell down once, so that's that's about that's good for me. So there was no barbed wire this time. Well then. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. So. Oh well. Just kidding. See, you don't just carry buckets. She can carry buckets. Fun job. Write that on your resume. Okay. All right. So I'm standing in the back of what I like to call the Hellbender wagon, uh, which is the truck that's fitted out with uh, uh, special uh, coolers and containers and circulatory system and chillers to keep the Hellbenders cold while they move from Purdue University down here to the Hellbender release site. And I'm talking with Shelby Royal, but that's not your real name anymore, is it? No, it's uh, Shelby Roberts now. Shelby Roberts. I just got married. <laughs> Thank yes. you. Very nice. It's good to talk to you. Uh, it was fun to come down to the river and participate in the release and watch these, these uh, little guys go and uh, start their new life on the river. And you are the person back at Purdue University uh, who takes care of, of the hellbenders, uh, yes. rears them and, and watches over them, right? Yes, I am. Okay. And and what is the, it's the laboratory that you work in? Yep. So I'm the hellbender husbandry coordinator. So I take care of all of the hellbenders at Purdue's aquaculture research lab. That's it. Aquaculture research lab. Yes. Perfect. Okay. So that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of um, work, yes. So you spend a lot of time worrying about hellbenders, watching them, making sure they're, they're eating well, mm -hmm. that kind of thing, right? Growing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I really make sure that, one, they're getting enough food and the ample amount of nutrition that they need. Um, so that way, when we do releases and stuff like this, they're at a big enough weight and length that they're not going to just get eaten once they get released. So we're doing that. Um, I provide any veterinary care. So if one of them does happen to lose a limb for some odd reason or they look sick i do all the necessary medications things ah. like that for them and then really it's just cleaning all the tanks keeping up on all the systems so so how long have you been doing this uh almost three years now wow okay so you started right pre-covid you, you got yes, started yes right? i actually started right when covid hit so it was basically <laughs> i got trained and then covid shut everything down and i was on my own so okay. All right. And so, you you know, that's tough times, and but you still have to come in every day. You have to yep. take care of the animals. You have to. And you mentioned, OK, you know, not only taking care of them, feeding them, making sure they're growing and making sure they're, they're medicated if they need to be medicated. Mm -hmm. But there's also the systems to maintain, too. Yes. Right? So we actually have three different systems right now. We're building two additional rooms as well currently. So there will be five systems in total. And so a lot of that is making sure that, you know, the pumps are running to make sure that they're getting the proper flow current through each of the tanks and they're getting water in each of those tanks. So we're also doing, you know, water quality checks to make sure that the ample amount of water is getting replaced every single day. That way we're not over doing any nitrates or nitrites, anything like that. Okay. And so you guys have gotten, it's down to a science almost, what, what works best for rearing them. Yes, we're getting better at it. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and 
you, you talk about you have three rooms or three systems, mm-hmm. and you're getting two more. When you say system, that's the system, you know, the, the system of pumps and chillers and, and all of that that incorporate X number of tanks per system. Yes, right? okay. and so we'll actually have two systems that mimic natural river settings, and so that's one of the newer tanks that we're getting ah, ready to build. Okay. And will you be rearing hellbenders for other projects in other places, not just in Indiana? Um, So we do have our partners here in Indiana. We're hoping that Kentucky will get on board and kind of start with their project. So we'll be helping them get their system setting up, um, helping somebody actually in North Carolina get a program set up with them. So it's, it's really big statewide. So So. it's a big collaboration and it's pretty cool. Yes, it is. And, also, uh, so this is this is the end of the the road. This is what you you've the, the end of the project, right? Is to mm-hmm. not just take care of them, but carry them down the river, down yes. the river in buckets, down this long this long trail we walked <laughs> down today, down to the bu- river and put them in their temporary their soft release cage. Yes. And, uh, so how does that feel to you when you when you do that? It's it's so bittersweet, especially with the ones that we just released because when I first started they were about six months old. And ah. so they've definitely been my babies, everything like that. So it's I'm super excited to see them go into the river, but at the same time, it's kind of sad because you don't get to see them right. grow as big as they could be. Right. Yeah. But, but you've still got more hellbenders. I do. Back, I back have, at the lab. I have right? 300 of them back at the oh lab. So. <laughs> so this is a lot of work and you work, uh, it's a full-time job for you, correct? It right? is a full-time job. Yes. And yeah. then, you know, even though it's a full-time job, you're still working past those hours as well. Right. So it's a lot of weekends. It's a lot of, you know, 2 a.m. phone calls. So. Well, I imagine too, like you get a thunderstorm or something, there's a power outage or a power blip and that equipment, you probably have alarms that monitor that, but, yeah. but you have to respond to alerts, right? Yes, yeah. I respond to every single alert. So there's been many, many 3 a.m. phone calls okay. that I have to go out there. So Just to make sure things are working or to get systems back to online. Get, most okay. of the time is to get it back online. Okay. <laughs> so we do have a backup generator, but it's... It's hit or miss in Indiana sometimes. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Well, these things are not easy to do. So no. we're, we're you're attempting to do some things that are hard. It's it's not like you're rearing uh, sailfin mollies, right? Right. <laughs> <or> guppies. <laughs> you know, this is uh, uh, quite a few steps above that. Yes. So, yeah. Um, and, and so you add a lot of extra hours. You have to have some techs helping you, or yeah, it's so not all on your shoulders? No, right? thankfully it's not all on my shoulders. Um, I actually have two current techs right now, Summer and Thomas, and they're really great help and stuff like that. So basically I train them to, you know, look for signs of illness to you know, help me feed and keep everything clean and help me keep an eye on all the systems and stuff like that. So that okay. way I can be out here. Right. So doing somebody's this back there well. watching everything. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, shout out to those two for letting yes. you come down here <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and have a good time. And, and it was fun. It was fun today to watch you, uh, you all in action. Uh, you have a, have it down to the science of, you know, partitioning the animals in the buckets, carrying them down and then very carefully releasing them one by one. Yes. Transfer them with a net to the soft release cage. So yes. It was, it was fun to watch. So and it was fun to participate with. To That's the exciting part too, is yeah. participating. <laughs> yeah, because you can stick your head under the water and nudge the little hellbender out of out of the little net into the cage and watch them swim down into the rocks. Yes. So pretty exciting stuff, right? It's always the best part. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. Well, Shelby, thank you for talking to me. Congratulations thank on your marriage. You. That's pretty thank cool. Thank you so much. Uh, and your husband does something different from from biology. He's, yes, he is. Well, so he's a medical assistant. Oh, so okay. He he does. He takes care of people. Right. I take care of animals. Okay, so, so he's got important work too. Yes, so he he's does. Just not putting them in nets or anything like that. So. I would hope not. But <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, thanks for talking. To thank us. you. Hey there, it's me again. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and uh, before I close out the show, I need to make some acknowledgments. Uh, first of all, a special thanks to my friend Nick Bergmeier, uh, the project coordinator and just an all-around good guy. Uh, and, of course, Marcy Skelton, Nick's spouse and his number one fan. Thank you also to Shelby Roberts, uh, a.k.a. Bender Baby Mama. Uh, thanks for all your work and for talking with me. Also, I uh, want to shout out to Summer Brown, Madison Phillips, and Zach Trulock, who were on hand to make sure everything went smoothly. And let's not forget uh, Thomas Kogashal, I hope I pronounced your name right, uh, who is holding down the fort back at the lab while we were out in the river splashing around. And I also want to thank Jared Manick for transporting us around and uh, for a great behind-the-scenes tour at O'Bannon Woods. Thank you very much, sir. And the other witnesses for the event include Don Becker, Greg Stevens, Justin Michaels, Jeff and May Faircloth, John Burris, and Jeremiah Jonathan. It was great to be there with you all. Now, one last thing. Uh, I've said it before on the show that I'm always amazed at the tremendous body of work that goes on behind the scenes to protect and preserve our flora and fauna. And a day at the river is, is the fun part, but there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to get to that day. So if you're involved in any kind of effort to keep nature in its place... I salute you. Thanks once again for listening, folks. That's it for episode 67. I want to give one more big thank you to Nick Bergmeier and all of his crew for giving me and my crew an opportunity to participate in the Hellbender release. And thanks once more to all of the So Much Painful patrons who have gotten the show all the way to the third season. Much appreciated. And if you would like to kick in a few bucks to help support the show, you can do so via Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash so much pingolin. So much pingolin is all one word. And you can also make one-time contributions via PayPal or Venmo. Just drop me an email to so much at gmail.com for more details. And don't forget that you can find all of the recorded episodes and show notes at so much And you can also join the so much pingle Facebook group to follow the show and interact with me and some of my guests. And last but not least, you can reach me directly via email at somuchpinkle at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And until we meet again, please take good care of yourselves. And don't forget to hurt better.